0: Uh, but with that being said... And with that being said... With that being said, I am... One, two, three, four! And now, with that being said... Welcome to episode three of... And with that being said, our 5 is 1 podcast with my co-host, Gerald Foster.
1: What's up? What's up, guys? We're here. We got to three, right? We're just going
0: to keep moving forward. Keep building this thing, man. This is a... uh... A lot going on. I am knee deep in training camp right now with the XFL. The how early- is the
1: XFL? Tell me, tell me. Come on. I, I want to know about it. I want to hear about
0: it. Life is good. We're undefeated. We got a little uh, <laughs> goal line short yardage scrimmage going down tomorrow. So um stay tuned. There may be some chalk outlines on the field over there tomorrow. It may be uh it may be some serious carnage in between the hash marks. Um Things are going great. It is really cool to see the development of our players right now. Uh, We're kind of hitting that mid-training camp point right now. We've got an organized practice coming up soon against another franchise. Uh, And then the kickoff to the season, the the Arlington Renegades, uh, our head coach, Bob Stoops, um, we will kick the season off on February 18th versus the las vegas vipers gerald i know that's not the vipers that you remember it's not the
1: old vipers but i'll take it (laughs) (laughs) i'm still going for you coach but yeah yeah i I like to hear the vipers name still out there
0: appreciate you so renegades against vipers we're going to play at home uh, our home stadium is Choctaw Stadium here in Arlington. It's right across the street from AT&T Field uh, where the Cowboys play, and then uh, right across from Globe Life Park where the Rangers play. So it's a really cool area. There's a lot going on uh, in this area. Uh, our first game, like I said, is on the uh, the 18th of, of February, um, 3 p.m. Eastern. It's on ABC so we've got ESPN, ABC, Disney affiliates. You're going to see a lot going on with the XFL. So um, if you see a little bit of bags under my eyes, that's training camp, folks. And uh, we're, we're grinding here in uh, January, February training camp. And I know, Gerald, there's a lot going on back in Colorado. What's happening your way?
1: You know, uh, you kind of ran away from the snow. <laughs> you went down, found a nice warm place down in Arlington, uh, but you know, with Arlington, if you guys are in that area, definitely show up, show out, uh, show, show the support that the XFL deserves. Great coaches, great staff and great players. But for us in Colorado, we're doing really well. Two times a week, we're working out here. If you got any, uh, any players, uh, for your high school guys, maybe college guys that are just done with their season that want to get good work in, come out and see us. We're enjoying ourselves out. Um, we're out at FX Sports, right? Am uh, I Saying that wrong, saying that right. You know I'm always all over the place. But uh, when, when you get a chance to come out, just try it one time. See if it's what you want. If it's not, uh, talk to me. I'll probably be able to revise a little something here, something there for you, and we'll be able to keep rolling.
0: Now the training's going great. It's good to see. We've got uh Gerald that's that's continuing the training in Colorado. Um our guest today is Kiyoshi Harris. He's a longtime uh college coach at a number of different levels. Uh, he is starting our California training. Um and we're excited to have Kiyoshi on the podcast today of uh episode 3 of and with that being said and and we're excited that if if I do get a day off, I think there's some talk of maybe some Texas Training going on down here. And there's some talk with some of my former players on the East Coast. There might be a little southern contingency going on Look down at south that. with Look at this thing. Which is growing
1: every growing single day.
0: Coast to coast. And Gerald, maybe just maybe we'll push you out to maybe the Hawaii affiliate one of these days. I, some I
1: mean, if you if you need me to go out there, I'm not saying I want to, but I'm saying if I gotta, if I gotta go out and be in Hawaii, I'll do it. Uh yeah.
0: You take one for the
1: team, brother. I'll
0: take, what you, I'll take what you one thinking? for the team, brother.
1: <laughs> Easy. Hey. Yeah, definitely. For all the people that are out there, uh, when you guys get done watching this, leave us comments. Uh, talk to us. Tell us what you want to hear, what you think is uh, good news uh, coming from us, what you think is we don't know what we're talking about. You mm-hmm. know, uh, allow us to be able to get in, in the comments. We'll be able to revise ourselves. We're just trying to make this uh, – a spread of knowledge trying to make it so that everybody's able to get the information uh, out to all the players and allow us all to be able to take that
0: step forward and with that being said let's kick this show off one, two, three, four. hey what's up everybody welcome to the first quarter of and with that being said our five is one podcast this is a uh um, an awesome experience that we've got co-host Gerald Foster in the house again.
1: I'm here. I'm here like always. Happy that we're here. Happy that we're able to talk to each other. Uh, get a lot of the, the 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 questions out there. A lot of um a lot of questions that everybody has been saying to us. A lot of answers we're going to be trying to give out. We got our guest speaker Kiyoshi uh, Harris. He he's been working with us and things have been going good. Uh, what else you got for us, Jaime?
0: Well, we we've got the uh we've got kind of a lot of ground to cover because not only have we had a number of camps, a number of training going on with five is one
1: we're doing it in, all
0: in Colorado. Yeah, we're doing um, it I'm down in Texas, getting uh I'm mid training camp right now. So uh I may have to I may have to hit some of this uh Zoa energy drink. My man, <laughs> my, my my sponsor, uh Dwayne Johnson, that. The Rock is uh energy drink.
1: Look at that. You, you see how we're just plugging things in. Yeah, there placement. we go. You got to give that Strong. thumbs up. You got to show but, them off.
0: But now we're now we're bringing in our, our Cali training. Uh, Kiyoshi Harris and uh, Kiyoshi, it's great to have you on, man.
2: Hey, I appreciate you, fellas, man. Great to be on. And uh, hey, I'm looking forward to it. I was excited. I've been waiting for this one right here. It's big.
0: And, well, it's good to be able to talk ball with guys from a lot of different backgrounds and Kiyoshi and I have known each other for a number of years now. It done. Yeah. We, we've had, you and I have had a lot of different stops on, on where football has taken us. Um, yeah. K- K- coach Harris, Kiyoshi has uh, is now our lead coach in California. And with his experience so- with the decades that he has, he's been, uh, he's been a lot of different stops. Um, I'm going to hit your bio here real quick. So, um, most recently, was working at Boise State University Correct. Uh, in, uh, in the Mountain West in the recruiting office, got a lot of experience because of your connections in on the West Coast and where you've been in the Midwest, um, really knows how to evaluate talent. And Kiyoshi was working for Boise for a few years. Uh, before that was at Independence Community College, uh, featured on Last Chance U, so we'll get into a little bit of that. Um, was also at the University of Redlands, uh, Chafee College, and COD, College Correct. of the Desert. So uh, has been at different levels, the junior college level, the Division One level, um, as a coach, as a recruiter, and then uh, as coach in a number of different positions. But uh, coached pretty much offensively, right? You've been pretty much.
2: Pretty much an offensive side of the ball, yeah. Okay, a a little tight
0: ends, the little right little
2: backs. The- there you go.
1: That's, right. that's all I needed to hear. I was nervous. You you brought in a guy last time that was a defensive line coach.
0: I was like, goodness. <laughs> <gracious>. <laughs> Not Man, saying, but,
1: Duke, Duke, don't worry. That, that doesn't mean we don't love you.
0: <laughs> no doubt. But it's always good to see, you know, guys that have different backgrounds and what you can bring to the game. Um, Kiyoshi is, is well-decorated as a coach, has a great pedigree. Um, where did you go to, to school? Kind of where was your background, I guess, Kiyoshi? Kind of take us from beginning to now getting us to this point where where I kind of led for your your time at COD, your time at the JC level, being in Last Chance, you and then Boise, kind of take us uh, yeah. from the beginning all the way. I prior. can start you from the
2: very beginning. You know, just like a lot of players, coach. You know, when you get done playing, I you know, I brought up in Los Angeles. OK, like most people, hey, parents wanted to get them out, you know, the neighborhood a little bit. So we all ventured out to the IE, you know, my family, along with everybody else's family. It was amazing how many people, you know, I ran into, and went to school with that, you know, I kind of knew out in the L.A. area at the same time. So high school wise, in the Empire guy, Canyon Springs High School, you know, was unfortunate. You know, I played Good, a great program from a great head coach out there, Coach Jack Fogarty. But, you know, like, like some, I didn't get it done in the classroom. So I had to take the Juco route. So I was one of those guys who had, you know, had to take a little different alternative route. So I ended up going San Bernardino Valley. And then from San Bernardino Valley, I was fortunate enough to end up going with a couple of my buddies up, played a private school, had a great experience. At a small NAI school in uh, Billings, Montana. Yeah, you know the Cali boy ended up in Billings, Montana, and loved every minute of it. Man, was out there fishing and camping, and you know the whole nine yards. And so I had a great time and played with a couple uh, for a couple of great coaches there as well. And uh, you know I would have stayed to tell you, the honest truth. You know I loved the outdoors so much and just the, just the lifestyle and the slower pace. And you take a guy from the city and you take him to the environment. Yeah.
1: How, what, how's that difference though? You know, like going from the city, I mean, your city as it gets right. LA city. City and now you're going good. out there.
2: Yeah. And you know, when I first stepped, that was the first time I had really actually been in snow right when I touched down my very, yeah, you lady. know, and, and the thing about it, so you got, you know, like guys go smaller colleges, it was no recruiting visit, no nothing. I was on the phone with a few of my buddies, you know, there was like, Eight guys up there from the same JUCO, and they're like, "Let's get you going!" I, right when I touched down, you know, and, you know, uh, in the airport, snow just everywhere, and that was really the first time I actually really been in snow. And you know, I'm sitting up there, didn't have the proper clothes, didn't have the proper jacket, but you know, it took me a little bit, and you know, before you know it, you know, you know, we did some team bonding, you know, uh, gatherings, and and so we go ice fishing, we go up to Red Lodge and go skiing. You know, we will just be hanging out, and it was a great time. And, you know, at the time, you know, I was married. I had a daughter, believe it or not, and my oldest daughter, Mariah. And, you know, so they eventually came up there with me and I loved it so much. And I was I knew once I got done playing, I wanted to go into the teaching field automatically. I wanted to be a high school football coach and I wanted to go teach. And so I was kind of looking for jobs, say, hey, man, this is a place. But you know, my wife had a different, you know, uh, you know, a little story behind that. And, and so basically she had a little different thoughts and, and she had the U-Haul already packed up. So when I walked across <laughs> the graduation stage. I took my tie off and walked straight to the U-Haul. It's, time, you to driving, you <laughs> it's know, time to go. Start driving. It's <laughs> time to go. Time to go. So I ventured on back out here to, uh, you know, and, you know, of course, I immediately went back and worked for my old high school at Canyon Springs and started coaching and student teaching and, uh, you know, had to do a few classes to finish up my credential and, you know, just loved every minute of it. And oh, honestly, I was headed to the, the little bit of the counselor route once I started, you know, being around the kids and then a coach talked me out of it. And it was like the best thing. So I came back and I started coaching and I started hanging and doing student, uh, my student teaching and I started subbing and like, I was like, man, I want to help these kids. So I'm going to go be a counselor. And so I was signed up for my master's program at Azusa Pacific, headed to be a counselor. And I sat down with a football coach, and he was like, you need to change it up, go get it in kinesiology. And your passion is going to be to coach. And, you know, it was the best move I ever made. So I started coaching. And, it's, you know, like a lot of us. And so, that led me to an opportunity, you know, years later to go get into the JUCO ranks, you know, uh, being out in California, there's a huge junior college, you know, a system out here, a ton of schools just in Southern California alone. And so I had the opportunity to go coach from one of my old JUCO coaches. And, you know, I was able to go out and recruit, you know, I was able, you know, coach, you know, the best from the high schools around. And, you know, and so I fell in love with that. And I, you know, I think me being able to go out and get the guy that I could mold, that kind of, like, I was intrigued by And I was like, I got kind of addicted to it, to be honest truth. And, you know, I started making a name for myself. And then after a while, it kind of wore on me a little bit. And, you know, like everybody goes through it. So I wanted to kind of try the four-year level. And Coach Maynard over there at University of Redlands, he gave me an opportunity. And I went over there, and I had the best time of my life, you know. And, you know, those guys over there, hey – they have fun playing the game of football they love the game of football and he ran a great program but you know hey, i missed the money a little bit so <laughs> I went <back> to Juco. <laughs> yeah, right i missed the money you got so it. I went back to everybody misses that money sometimes hey, i get it missed that money my wife was like man i don't know hey i know you're having fun i know you're enjoying it but hey we're sacrificing a little bit open now. so they took really good care of me at chafee so I was very fortunate to be able to go back. And then, you know, skipping forward a couple of years, I knew Coach Brown for a long time. And, you know, I used to actually go out there and work out his, his lineman. So I'll be coaching out here. He would fly me out to work out his lineman a couple of times a year. So when he took the job at uh, at Independence, you know he kind of went through a couple of line coaches and you know i think he was even coaching old line one year but uh my sons they're both in their last year of high school and you know one of our things with, you know me and my wife I, and that's kind of why i stayed locally and so so Cal, i just never told I, I told her and promised her I would never take a job out of state until they graduated. Cause you know, I just saw being around the JUCO system, you know, Hey, coaches move. We all know that, you know what I'm saying? And it's like, you got to pick up and bro. And you know, I've done it the last couple of years. And so once my son graduated, JB got on the phone, it's kind of like he knew. And he was like, man, I need an o line coach. And, uh, He was like, go ahead. And I was already teaching. I've been teaching for 19 years. I was teaching physical education, coaching at the junior college, and kind of double dipping, enjoying life and you know, Southern California Mm – and he was just like, you know, come on out here. You can coach these freak daddies and you go mm-hmm. out and get the ones you want in the Midwest and the South. And you won't have to worry about it. We got scholarships. And, and I was kind of like intrigued. And so he was like, take a leave for absence. Come on out here. So, you know, long story short, took a leave of absence. Went out there. I actually used the show, you know, as like, you know, for my reasoning as kind of going out there. My district was like real cool. They were like, yeah, no problem. Go ahead. And so. I was supposed to go out there for, I don't know, July through December. And I was supposed to start back work in January and shoot, got out there right after the season. You know, we had a, a really good season. First time in 30 years and shoot. I, he put me on the road, man. You already know how I mean, I was in the South, man. I was uh, dipping I everywhere and right I was like, look at that dude right there. Look at this guy right here. And you know what <laughs> that boy can, you know, move and, so I just came back and my wife was like, are you sure? And I was like, yep. So I resigned after 19 years and I went back out to independence. And so, and it was one of the best decisions. It took me out of my comfort zone, but it was one of the best decisions, you know, I did and and made and with the family, my kids are a little bit older, so I was fortunate enough. And then in 2019, you know, Coach Brown left and I was fortunate enough to be named the head coach. And uh you know so you know it was time to go and do it my way and scope it my way and you know we did a great job. and so you know you meet different people throughout you know especially in the Juco ranks they're recruiting your guys and and you know you stay in contact with them and just like you know Jaime and we uh, coach Avalos, you know Andy, I met him shoot 10. 12 years ago when he first got to Boise state and he used to come down and recruit Chafee. And, you know, we always just stayed in contact. If I had a guy, I tried to send him a guy and, you know, and so he tried to help me on a couple of different occasions. And, you know, when he was at Oregon and he was at Boise state. So it was like one of those things when he got the job, you know, shoot, it just kind of worked out. So I took, you know, went up there. So I resigned from my, you know, head coaching spot at independence and went up to Boise state and started doing player personnel, recruiting relations. And so ended up being the director of recruiting and um, player personnel. So it kind of worked out. And then, so A lot of people, you know, a lot of people know, but, you know, a lot of people don't know. My oldest daughter was having a baby. She needed a little help. But I think the the biggest thing is, you know, my wife, she she was diagnosed in 2018 with uh, MS, multiple sclerosis. And so, you know. it's the four-year level, it's it's the college football level. You know, you, you you're grinding, you're working those 15, those 17 hour days. And, you know, and so we were just talking one day and she was just like, you know, I don't know how long I'm going to be able to, you know, walk on my own. I don't know how long I'm going to have, you know what I'm saying? You know, this and that of mobility. And so she, you know, I had it long story short, I had to make a decision. And so I made a decision to kind of give it all up and, you know, and move on back. So I moved back here. And so just to kind of keep me in it a little bit, I started, you know, talking to different schools and that's when coach came along and was like, Hey, you know, let's get this going. So
0: right. that's what that's, I mean, right here. That, that, you know, and, and it's amazing all the journeys that we have. Um, yeah and how football can change lives, you know, it changes our lives, all the people that we meet. I mean, I got to meet Gerald. I got to coach Gerald. Now Mm -hmm. I I see him as a peer, as a friend, as, you know, someone that I trust and Kiyoshi, when I recruited your schools, like when I was coaching at, at Nevada and came through and and went through Chafee and saw the way that you coach when you're at COD, just, I knew that you were a great teacher just because I watched you from a distance, not only watching just because you have a great eye for talent, yeah. but as an educator, as as a guy that can that can get your point across <clears> to your <throat> players and just build that rapport, that relationship. And that's the type of guys that we want in the five is one family. And, and with that being said, it's, it's something that we really feel strongly about how we instruct our players mm-hmm. um, when we're training them, we're doing more than just getting them ready to do one-on-ones and let them just beat the crap out of each other for a session. It's about building the relationship, the trust factor, but also giving them the skill levels they need. And, and Gerald, do you kind of want to take us into second quarter here as, as we work to the next one?
1: Of course. Yeah. Uh, I'm just going to jump us straight into second quarter, right? What we're going to be talking about is the last last chance you. Okay. That's something that I feel like everybody loves watching. We all love being able to sit back and kind of see the, the kind of see what football is like, you know, behind the scenes. A lot of people that aren't in our positions, right, that aren't coaches, aren't players, they didn't get a chance to to really see it all until Last Chance U came along. Last Chance you they they showed up, they showed us you know the it's not as easy as it looks right some days you're going to be feeling like crap but you're going to still have to show up you're you're still going to have to do everything that's asked to, uh that's asked for for you and um ask of you right i, I just want what, what 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 was it like what was the last chance you like what was it like having the cameras always around you what was it like having to wake up and then be like all right i know there's a cameraman outside this door every single day
2: man it was <laughs> I always tell people it's was kind of crazy, but it, I, it was an enjoyable experience. But it's something that you got to try to get used to, man, to be honest with you, know, It's, a uh, you know, that 17th season, I lived with Coach Brown. You know, that was one of the agreements right then and there. You know, I was going <laughs> to live with him. You know what I'm saying? And I didn't want to stay in the dorm, so I was going to live with him. What most people don't understand is like, you know, we practiced at 545 in the morning. Okay? So, like, the crew, there was two crews. So basically we were up, mic'd up, ready to go at 5.30 in the morning to sometimes 8, 9, 30 at night, depending on if they're at his at JB's house, sometimes even longer, you know, they have one crew that comes in at 5.30, you know, roll in and they'll work to about, I don't know, four or five. And then they'll maybe a little bit later. And then they'll have another crew that comes in about 8.30 or nine and they'll work, you know, still about 30, 10 o'clock at night and so on. And so At first, you know, when it first started, you know, we first dived dive into it, and we're out there at practice, and you're kind of nervous, and basically, you don't really want to say anything to, you know, you know, I'm just thinking in the back of my head, man, hey, my grandkids are going to see this, My their grandkids are going to see this, it's gonna, you know, it's going to go with me wherever it go. And I used to have to kind of talk to some of the young coaches about that, too, because at least I was smart enough to kind of realize, uh, before I say this, guess what's going to happen? This is going to be on camera for the rest of my life. So, you know, I'll be like, hey, hey, calm down, you know, so we kind of would look out for each other. The crew was great, man. Like last game, Greg Whiteley and his crew, man, they became like family to us because we spent so much time with them and so on. But I think going through camp and getting into that first game, and I don't know if you guys saw the, you know, the season uh, three, we played, we opened up against Iowa Western, we come on out game one, and I'm just like, all right, let's go. You know, I'm coming from, you know, a, a pretty good California Juco conference and we get beat. Like I'm saying we get beat maybe by 40, 45 or something like that. And I'm just sitting back like, wow. And then the first thing I'm thinking about is like, yeah, this is going to come out in the summertime. We just got smacked by 45 points, you know, that, you know, by a team. And so, but then after that, it was like, all right, I got to be a football coach and you still got to be a smart, but you got to be a football coach. And so even though you're out there at practice and sometimes they're stopping the inside run drill to have a little dude on this little mall cop scooter, take filming the quarterback or filming the running back hitting the hole. You still got to remember you're a football coach and there's certain things that you guys got to cover and so on like that. And if you don't cover them, it's going to be another episode of what we experienced game one. And so I think in the back of my mind, After that, that first game, I just was like, okay, let's be a football coach. And you know, they were they were respectful too at the sometimes because you know, and after a while, we kind of learned the little tricks of the trade a little bit. You know, if my wife called and or something like that, I would unplug the mic, you know, for a couple of minutes, like, all right, babe, we got about two minutes, you know what I'm saying, before they come knocking at the door. Because once they come knocking at the door. they'd be like, Yoshi, is your mic okay? You know, is, your, you're all right? is I just want to check your mic real fast and so on. So if, or if I had to tell a player something that I didn't want them to hear, you know, because honestly, our office wasn't that big and they had a couple of individuals. Chelsea was one of them. She just sat at a computer the whole day, basically just looking at everybody and hearing what people are saying and just kind of going from there. And, you know, one minute they'll be talking to you, boom, 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 boom. And then Next thing you know, they don't even say bye. They're just out your office because something went on in the dorms, or something went on in the cafeteria, or something went on in the classroom. You know, you know they they were good people though. You know, there's a I tell people all the time. There's a lot. You know, they filmed from August to dang near end of November, and there's so much stuff that you know they
1: could have made us even look, you know, even worse, or got us caught up. <laughs> that's what I was. That's what I was wondering. I mean, like. Yeah. <laughs> Is there stuff where you, you know, you come in and you're like, Hey, cut that. Don't, don't even, (laughs) you got to take that out. That was, that was a mess.
2: Gerald, I ain't going to lie, man. Me and me and the crew, we were buddies because I knew in the back of my head, I was a little bit older. I was like, man, Shoot. The day before the show came out, we got to see it about 30 days before everybody else. I'm sitting there praying every day and seeing all my good work and my friendship with the crew, you know, come into play and so on like that. But they did a really good job. And, you know, the kids, you know, it's different, man. I'm just being honest with you. I was able in the 2017 and 18 season, I was able to see that and then compare it to the 2019 and 20 season when the cameras weren't there. But you know, and I was telling some of the coaches that were you know, on my staff that were there with us in 17 and 18. I was like, OK, because they came out and filmed for like a week in 19. OK, they were going to add that to the little Delaney uh, series. And we were playing a game and I'm just, you know, we're winning pretty good. And I'm just looking over on the sideline and our kids are just like, not acting the same, you know what I'm saying? With the cameras being there. And I'm just telling the other coaches, I'm like, Are you looking at this right here? And I said, I don't know if I could have did this, you know, as a head guy, just you know how tough it is because they changed, they changed up, you know. And you know, you got people coming out the woodworks, you know, this town of independence. There's so there's some great people out there. I'm gonna be honest with you, there's really good people out there, and there's people that came out the woodworks. I saw in 17 and 18. Shoot, I never saw him again in 1920. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs>
0: they just came out for the camera. Get a little FaceTime on on the camera.
2: Yeah, get a little Face. You know, they become. You know, we had. You know, we every Thursday we'd have a you know radio show and place to be packed. And shoot, that radio show in 2019, it's it dead, look, <laughs> dead in the water. It is. Uh, it didn't look the same, but you know, right. it's understandable. You know, I think you know as far as when playing the games, we got every team's best game. You know, no matter mm-hmm. where or where we played, at home or away, that team brought their best game because they didn't want to get embarrassed on, you know, on national TV either. Oh, completely,
1: so right? So is that like a recruiting point, right? I mean, like yeah, for the 18 season, you had to be like, "Hey, we got cameras rolling all day." Like, that. yeah, yeah,
2: you know. But I think in 17, when we won it all and everything, and you know, like that, it kind of helped getting a few kids. But then we got the wrong type of kids, to be honest mm-hmm. with you. And got you. You know, we were a very talented team in 18, probably the most talented team I coached, you know, and, you know, we were extremely talented in 19, but that 18 team was really talented. But it's just, I think we were more Hollywood actors more Hollywood stars than we were football players and so on like that. So we went from going from like nine and two to two and eight. We won the first game of the year and we won the last game of the year. We won eight. <laughs> straight and just taking L's and it was just like our kids were just like they were more caught up you know what I'm saying being actors and so on yeah, that's one <clears> of you know, the not things not all of them when, but a lot when, of them
0: yeah when when you put when you put a camera out there in front of people sometimes they they guard their words they're a little bit more cautious and you know I remember Gerald like there's times in the XFL, when, when we were playing, like they would have cameras on the field, guys are like sticking the camera in the huddle. Every yeah. player seems like there was, there were mics all over the place because it, it, let's be honest in a lot of these spring leagues, like the XFL, the USFL last year, there were cameras in our meeting rooms and they did a documentary through Fox and FS1. And they put that out there and it's like, players are getting released. Players are getting cut that's a harsh reality of, of pro ball. Like you see hard knocks. Um, But when you just kind of forget that the cameras are there and you just, you be, you want to be real, you want to be authentic. You want to build those relationships. um, It's, that's what people want to see because when, when you kind of are worried about and you're guarding your words and guys are doing one thing and all of a sudden the cameras aren't around, then they're a completely different person. Gerald, did you ever have were you ever mic'd up or around a guy that was mic'd up and like kind of had that awkward scenario?
1: No, definitely. I mean, you, you, you hit it on the nail with guard your words, right? I don't know how many things that I'm happy have never been put on a camera, I've never been put on a record, you know, um, but. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's one thing for coaches, for guys that are uh, playing in the league, any kind of league like that, mm-hmm. to, to a high school guy, right? Just off of having to put the two pieces of I'm an entertainer and then I'm still a football player.
2: That's
1: it. When you have to put those two pieces together, it's not easy. And it's, it's never going to be easy. Uh, I don't care how many times you do it. There, there are a great uh, amount of players that you know. They're in the league, and they they get mic'd up, and then they they don't sound like the same guy that I was just with in the uh, you know exactly. in the locker room with. But that's just how it is. It, it's not easy. And I, I was just wondering, how hard is that for for you to be able because you have to coach through that. You have to coach through being uh, able to like explain that to kids. Like, hey, I need you to still be the ball player that that we're gonna you know we're gonna ask of. I can't have you go out there and be the guy that wants to look good on TV or be the guy that doesn't, you know, he's not focused on the game. He's focused on not saying something dumb. How was that?
2: No, it it was tough. You know, I think the difference, the huge difference between the 17 team and the 18 team is they kind of, we kind of got away from that a little bit as far as those kids were like a little bit more, I wouldn't say football players, but they really wanted, to go get off and go to school. They knew they had to win some games to do that. And so on the same thing with some of the coaches too, at the same time, you know, and I think they kind of lost focus and the cameras were just like, all right, they were there. It was after a while, you know, the first couple of weeks, it was just like, Hey man, (laughs) you know, after that first game, we got to win some games. If we want some scholarships to come through and we got to be football players. And, you know, you have a few guys that, you know, they didn't show, they did they just didn't want to be part of the cameras at all, you know, and those and we understood that. And there was a few guys that, that had a story that they wanted to tell. And those guys really sometimes didn't want to be on the uh the camera. But it was just something that of course that they had to do. We all knew, we all signed up. We all knew the show was gonna be there. So that was just something. But I think to kind of keep their focus every week we had to just be better coaches as far as they needed to see us as ball coaches more than rather than seeing us as, you know, like you're saying, you entertainers and so on like that. Cause like, I'm gonna be honest with you, after coaching that last, we had to rally the truth after coaching that first game. I mean, it was just like, all right, I can't have this happen no more. You know, be honest. I'm like, I picked up and moved, took a huge pay cut to come on out here and i'm'm I'm it's time to coach some football and i think the kids kind of respected that a little bit more from a lot of us coaches and so on so they kind of just fought and so the realness you know yeah, realness exactly. that's
1: all it is right yep. <laughs> i don't care who you are you can feel when somebody's being real and fake you know yep that must have been what it was that that was yep. the difference
2: That's huge and so it was a great experience don't kind of get me wrong you know you know lasting you know memories that last forever and you still kind of I honestly I only watched one episode of season four that, you know, I did watch season three because we, like I was telling you before we got it 30 days before. So me and my wife, you know, cause I was so concerned about just getting blasted on national TV. <laughs> me and my wife stayed up till about four or five o'clock in the morning. And we watched like all eight episodes but then season four came on out and they usually come out in July and we got a little earlier and it was just like, you know, we had a rough season and I didn't want to relive it again. So I watched like one episode and I still haven't watched, you know, you know, the other episodes, but it was just like, man, I kind of like, hey, you're a ball coach. You're not really an actor or entertainer. You know, we didn't get paid for anything. You know, our, our, our school got really taken care of, you know, with just, diff- you know, different sponsors and ships and so on like that. But it was just that time after the 18 season to kind of just move on and kind of go you know hey yeah, go back to being a ball coach.
0: Gotcha. I think that's the thing. I think that's the thing that's important. It's all about ball and you put the you put the the lights and the the microphones away and it's about being real, being authentic. Um uh, let's take a little break and then I got a story about my experience being mic'd up. Uh we'll come <laughs> back after halftime and uh We'll talk about being mic'd up and and being in the in the spotlight, which as o lineman you kind of don't want to be. You don't want to be circled. You don't want to be highlighted and all that. (laughs) Not at all. Yeah, we'll see you guys after halftime. And with that being said, is sponsored by Zoa Energy Drinks. Zoa is packed with antioxidants that help protect your cells and bolster your immune response. Vitamins B1, B2, B6, and B12 all help support mental energy. Branched chain amino acids help support muscle growth, electrolytes keep us hydrated, and choline to support metabolism. Finally, the natural caffeine in ZOA comes from green tea and green unroasted coffee beans to give ZOA the right kick of clean caffeine. Our favorites are wild orange, Cherry Limeade and Tropical Punch to get us through practice prep, recovery, and also late night staff meetings for the upcoming season. Thank you, Zoa, for your support. Welcome back to the second half and the third quarter of, and with that being said, our Five is One podcast with co-host Gerald Foster and Kiyoshi Harris. This is uh, it's pretty cool to be able to talk about our experiences in ball, but also when it's on camera and when you're mic'd up. I remember in the first XFL when I was a player and hundred years ago, hundred years ago, (laughs) it was was a little bit ago. There was a little bit more hair on top and a lot less gray. Um, But um, they were the first ones to really have field and huddle and locker room access. You know, there was a little bit of sensationalism. They were, you know, they were pushing us to maybe date the cheerleaders a little bit and hang out. And they had hot tubs in the end zone with, you know, I don't know I really that they did. were cheerleaders. They may have been uh, they may have made uh, made a little bit more money in in uh, in single dollar bills. Uh, but that does not sound that bad. Right. Right. That's OK. <laughs> uh, but they were they were trying to create a sensationalism with ball. And they they were like, hey, we're going to cut live to the halftime of the LA extreme playing the Chicago enforcers. Let's see what's going on. Let's see what adjustments coach is making. And they cut and there's the offensive coordinator talking to the offense and everybody's kind of listening and I'm over in the corner and they kind of pan and I kind of tweak my back and I, I I was kind of laying down and the trainer was in there rubbing and he kind of had my drawers pulled down a little bit and he was like (laughs) putting some icy hot on my back and they featured it. It was on NBC and um they were covering the the league back then and it was on the David Letterman show, the tonight, oh, the uh the David Letterman show. And he's like, hey, we get this inside look at real life, you know, real life football, what's going on in the locker room. And here they are. Hey, coach is talking about adjustments. We're gonna do this second half. And then he's like, Oh, hey, and look at there's some fat guy getting his butt rubbed over in the corner. And I'm <laughs> like, gosh, oh, there I am. There's my chance to be uh, you know, lo and behold on David Letterman, the in wrong five point. minutes of uh, fame. Uh, yeah, it was, it was infinite, man. So <laughs> you got to watch yourself head on a swivel. So they're going to do a lot of cameras in the XFL this year. There's going to be great access. Gerald, we, we saw it firsthand in uh, in XFL 2.0. Um, Danny Garcia, who's our chairwoman of the league, starting it up, she came through and, and when she met all the coaches here in Arlington during training camp last week, there probably were six cameras and two boom mics and a whole media crew when she just walked through the locker room. It was amazing. So yeah. uh, the audience is going to have great access to to the XFL and it's pro ball. And I think people are going to like what they see just like they did in 2020. Um, but I think as we're talking about being real, that the part of the game that we have gotten to know and the experiences we've had, Kiyoshi, is, mm-hmm. um, Kind of philosophically with all the stops that you've had, the people that you've met, the the players that you've coached, kind of take us through what you have been doing the last couple months and just trying to help grow the game and help Mm -hmm. kids understand how the game can help them and and your journey and what you've been doing, kind of talking to guys uh, Mm -hmm. in the Southern California area
2: when I, you know, when I came back in July, you know, it was like, you know, you catch you you your breath a little bit and that takes about, about a week, you know, to honestly coach, you know, you guys all probably been through it whether you're in the season or you're in the coaching season catch you your breath for about a week. And then after that, you're like twiddling your thumbs and kind of figuring out what, you know, what are the next step, what are you doing, you know, in life, like what's going on. And, you know, you can only watch so much football all day long. And after a while I'm getting off the couch. And so, you I was like, what can I do? So one of my buddies hit me up and, you know, and I was, I knew at that point in time, I left Boise for a reason. I didn't want to just dive in back into coaching and, and, you know, be a, a ton of uh, time away from my family. And, you know, my daughter just had a granddaughter, uh, my our granddaughter and, and, you know, being away from my wife. So one of my buddies asked me to come talk to his team. And so I wouldn't talk to his team and Excuse me. And I talked to him for about 45 minutes. And you know, that 45 minutes, it kind of like went right when I got back in front of the, you know, the players, it didn't matter what level you were at, it was just ball. And like I was kind of back in it. And like I was just like, oh man, this is kind of like where I need to be. And then so I came home and I told my wife and I was like, you know, I enjoyed it so much that like just being able to help guys. And you know, the kids had questions and they knew, you know. I was in charge of recruiting at Boise State. They knew, you know, I was able to recruit good players that went on to play at multiple Division One schools when I was at Independence. And, you know, so they had great questions. So I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to try to, you know, use what I have and my philosophy from when I was the head coach at Independence and just kind of put it all together. And let's kind of just go share the knowledge. And I, I wanted to help our kids. You know, part of the reason was too, coach, I seen so many of my buddies' teams and so many good players were still reaching out to me. Because at that time, half the people still thought i was at boise the other half still thought i was at independence so kids were still reaching out to me on twitter and on instagram and coach would you watch my film you do this and this nobody's even looking at me and i'm just like you know the portal hurting a lot of these high school kids and a lot of the juco kids and so by me just going to be able to go talk to a lot of these high school kids i was hoping and giving them hope like hey this, you, you know, you still have an opportunity, you just might have to do it this way. And if you do it this way, you know, it, it possibly a good chance of it working. And so I was just using my expertise from just my years of coaching and just trying to help kids out. And now, you know, and it was just an enjoyable experience because it kept me in it. And then, you know, when you asked me, you know, to come out and and coach Jay Sarah for on a Saturday and I was like, oh, heck yeah, it's been a few. And, you know, let me knock the dust off, but it was just an (laughs) enjoyable experience. And, you know, it was just one of those things where I was like, okay. And you, you know, just talking to you, let's see the potential of kind of where this can go and it's going to take off out here in, in, in California. And so, and I think, too, it's just another way of helping kids out, giving kids opportunity. And I think that's the long time of just me being a JUCO coach, just wanting kids to have an opportunity because kids coming into JUCO, they basically were just like, coach, you know, help me out. This is like my last chance. You know what I'm saying? I need, I want to go play some college football. I just don't know how to get there, whether it be academics, film or whatever. So I think I also of incorporate a little bit about that uh, too, and into what we're doing in the camps at five is one, you know. And some kids got good recruiting questions as well, parents have good recruiting questions as well. So, I'm kind of excited, kind of, you know, for the upcoming dates all throughout SoCal of what's going to happen with, with five is one in the SoCal area.
1: Yeah, that, that um, <clears throat> I was trying to pass on the knowledge, I think that's, that's what's connected us so well, yeah. right. You don't want to you don't want to die with all this knowledge about the game and about all the things that uh, that, that you've been able to either uh, learn on the way or fail at. But now you you got all this information. You don't want to just uh, keep that to yourself whenever you get the chance to be able to talk to somebody, be able to to give them oh, this little piece. Maybe that might be the difference for you. It, it makes the difference for, you know, for yourself too. It's kind of a little, uh, give and uh, give and take that you're able to do with all these young guys that are coming up, uh, Juco high school, uh, and the way that you're saying with the portal, I understand what you're saying that it, it, it's a whole lot different than how we all had to come up. We didn't have to deal with who knows how many kids are going through the portal every single, uh, off season and trying to, trying to outplay a guy who's been in college for a couple of years. So, that uh that knowledge piece, that 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 I think that's what the five is one uh our trademark is, that we're gonna try to make it so that we're able to push you a little bit forward, give you that last little uh spice to to you know get you to to that next level and be able to keep moving forward. Exactly.
0: Yeah, I think that's I think that's what's connected all of us. I think we've seen the game and how much it's been so invaluable to our lives. And It was really cool because I've known you, Kiyoshi, Kiyoshi, for a number of years. I've seen you coach. I have a ton of respect for you as a man and how you carry yourself. And I know you're a great motivator and a great teacher, not not just X's and O's. Like It doesn't matter how much football you know if your players don't think you believe in them and you're trying to help them be successful on the field and then off in the lessons that football teach. But it was really cool when we did that camp together during the holidays down at J. Sarah, down in Cali, that I saw a little spark back in your eye. Like, I'm back, baby. And this is like the coaching part of it. You got the
1: fire going.
0: It it is. It's it's like an addiction just because you love being around the kids. And when you talk about a skill or talk about a movement or a combination or a scheme or a play call and all of a sudden a kid does it. It's like, yep, that's it. And and you just want to do more and more and more. And you build that rapport with those kids. Um, What was it like being back on the field and kind of what are the plans as we've started to grow in California, moving forward with some of the places that you have experiences with?
2: Man, it's, it's, coach, it's like you said, you brought that fire back in me, and I can't wait to kind of share the knowledge that, you know, just from what people that I've learned from, including yourself and everything, and that's why I was telling some of the parents. I said, look, here's what you're going to get from us. You're going to get from the ground up, you know what I'm saying, how I used to coach my college guys, you know what I'm saying, from the very start to the very beginning. It's a progression, and I think, you know, and I told them, I said, you know, I was an educator at first. I said, the biggest thing for me is about the progression of teaching. We're not going just kind of throw you into the fire right off the bat. I want to teach you from from day one, step one, and I want to be able to build this up and what it's going to take for you to get noticed if you decide to want to go on and play after high school, but also what's going to give you some success on the line of scrimmage. I'm excited, man. We got some big-time dates coming up. You know, you know Carl's back down in San Diego. Loyola, hopefully, it's going to touch ground any day now, and we've got something set up with them. We're going to, of course, they make some big-time stops in the IE throughout the week. You know what I'm saying? at JW North and Rev and San Jacinto wants to kind of get it going. You know, Rev Rancho Cucamonga, of course. You know, Coach Mesker wants to do a, a camp up there in the high desert. You know, of course, we're still going to come on out there and hit, you know, I'm saying the Orange County areas at the same time. So we're excited, you know, to kind of get this and keep building and going and building it and, you know, and just teaching these young men from the ground up what, kind of what it's going to be like to be a good offensive alignment at the high school and the college level.
0: I think that's big. And as we roll into the fourth quarter, um, I think that's what my vision of what five is one, it's now starting to snowball. It's now starting to happen, it's starting to spread. I I, I mean, obviously there's plenty of snow going on in Colorado right now, <laughs> Gerald. We we gotta you, you, you're shoveling and digging out just to get some of these kids in there to work out, right? No,
1: every single day, right? <laughs> the snow's not giving up out here. I don't know what, what, what what's going on. It was like last year, it was like three inches. This year, I, I literally had to dig out about five inches of snow, and I was like, oh, at least it wasn't the foot it was last time.
0: We, I think I got to, even more coming. We might have to switch. Like, Yoshi, come out to, to Colorado and let you go down to Cali yeah. and go Yeah, you Yeah, you, you come enjoy
1: time. the cold. I'll be out there. I mean, I, I guess I can see what a beach is like. Yeah. I'll try it. I'll try. I don't know.
0: (laughs) Well, it it hadn't been too rough out here in Texas for training camp with the uh, with the Arlington Renegades. But um, that's one of the things I wanted to talk about, kind of as you alluded to, Kiyoshi, in the fourth quarter to talk about recruiting, because the relationship that you have with players, with all these high school coaches and then. Now with the parents to talk about, because I'm a parent, my son is is finishing his senior year. He's getting ready to go to college to play ball. And then I've got a freshman. Unfortunate, I grew up in it. But how can we help parents? How can we help kids? Because there's a lot of camps out there. There's a lot of trainers. And everybody's got their way of, of instructing. Exactly. But I think one of the things that we're doing is we're actually giving really technical instruction instead of, Hey, you just go like, there's a ton of seven on seven leagues. And that's a part of marketing yourself. There really isn't any legitimate coaching. And I'm not trying to throw shade on anybody else that's out there that has the type of caliber of background that we have. There's a lot of coaches that are just getting kids ready for the camp circuit and they're going to do the one-on-ones and they're going to do the non-stop. you know, we're going to get you ready for the combine or the camp or the, or the competition where I think our vision is getting them ready for the season. And there's a progression of a progression-based teaching, but kind of in your, in your words, Kiyoshi, how, how can parents, how can kids, a junior high, a high school kid or a portal kid, how can they catch a coach's eye and, and, what are you trying to help those kids progress into as they get ready for them, their next phase, whether their next season or their next stop? I think, you know,
2: being, I, a lot of parents ask me this, a lot of high school, my buddies and high school coaches ask me this as well, because, you know, they're just not getting the foot traffic anymore. What can I do to kind of help get, you know, my kids recruited? You know, and they knew I was at Boise state for a while. And as far as in the recruiting department and I, you know, I tell kids, I said, For one, you got to realize that there's a ton of schools out there. You know what I'm saying? There's a ton of schools out there that play football. I said sometimes we, and this is stuff I talk to the kids about when I go talk to the teams and I talk to their parents after our, you know, our camps, and I just tell them that basically we sometimes on the West Coast kind of kind of get kind of land tied with just the schools on the West coast. Okay. And that kind of helped me being an independence, opened me up my eyes open to a whole bunch of other schools in the South and the Midwest and on the East coast. So I try to tell them for one thing, you got to have your eyes open. There's a ton of schools out there for two. Okay. I don't see any good coach that wants good players. And most of them do are going to pass up on a person that has really good film. Okay. And, you know, a lot of times that film has to pop. Okay. For that film to pop, you got to be technically sound, And I think that's what Five is One is going to kind of do for a lot of these kids, especially, you know, up front, especially at the 10th, the 11th, even ninth graders, to kind of get them ready by the time that junior and that senior year is to help develop that film. I said, you can get that film, and sometimes it it takes you being persistent, but if you can get that film in front of the eyes of of a recruiting guy, a GA or assistant coach, and your film pops, they're not going to turn down a great player. You know, we had our recruiting areas, okay, our, our different states that we, you know, we would recognize in our pipeline when we were at Boise State, but if, uh, Big time baller, a kid that could play, came across. And I used to get hundreds a day uh, in my emails, came across my desk and his film popped and he he was getting it done, you know, on the field. He he was probably going to go on my board and I was going to do some research on the kid. And I said, you know, I had one kid just for an example. This kid emailed me every day. (laughs) I don't know. It must have been for like, I don't know, 60 days straight. And I'm just like, finally, I was just like, <laughs> I'm really going to just watch this kid's film you know, and just so, you know, because he's Wait, like, after, after kid,
0: 60 days, it took 60 emails for him to get you to watch the film. No, i watched the first coach and I'm just <laughs>
2: like, okay, man, I don't think this kid can play for us. You know, not everybody's going to play division. Right. Football. But his kid was so persistent and so persistent as far as, you know, I went back and I watched it again. Like I really watched I spent more time on his film than I did a lot just because he was so persistent with it. And like, he, it kind of grasped my attention, like, and he was like, Coach, I would do anything to play college football. And when he told me that in the email, it was not no more just Boise State. It was like, Okay, Coach Harris, you have some ties all over the place. Let's see if this kid can play at a D2 school, or let's see if this kid can play at an high school, because he was so persistent and so on, like that. But I tell a lot of people all the time, I said, you know, really take an eye and before you post your film on social media, because Twitter is like, you know, the easy way of recruiting for a lot of coaches nowadays, Mm -hmm. have somebody else look at it. And I said, because a lot of times what you think is, you know, really detailed and it's going to get you a scholarship. It's going to turn some people Mm -hmm. off because you're not, we're not seeing the right things as far as for that particular position of need, you know what I'm saying? Those ideals. And so we talk to them about that all the time. And just realistically, I tell players all the time, man, I said, it's easy for people to work from August to, like, November. You know what I'm saying? that's It's easy, okay? That's what you're supposed to do. That's when camp starts and that's when the season starts. But I said, but what's honestly, how cutthroat things are right now, you got to start working, like, right now. That's, that's You know, that's what's going to put you ahead of the game. You know, that's what's going to get that high school player on the same board With that that transfer that's in the portal or that JUCO kid, you know, and and JUCO in high school is very similar. You know, they're you know they're in the same you know uh, ring right now. They're trying to fight hard to kind of get out that fight, and you know, and they got to do the same thing. They can't afford to wait until August, you know, to kind of get things going. So you know, there's a lot of little things that you know. I share with kids throughout Twitter. I share with kids after our workouts. I share with kids when I go talk to them and so on to kind of help them out. But I think, you know, you being persistent, if your film pops and you got, you know, all the ideals for that particular program and then realization. I tell parents all the time, you know, sometimes they don't want to hear it, but you got to be, you know, you got to be real with them. And I think they respect your honesty. You know, I was told, you know, at 5'11", you know, 280 pounds, you know, the likelihood you play in Division one football by my head coach, and I still respect him to this day, is slim to none. I, and At first, I was like, what is he talking about? I don't get this. Like, what do you mean? I can, you know, I played against some good ones. But then when I got in the profession – I kind of like, oh, man, I had to thank him for that because I really respect his honesty. And I think sometimes parents don't want to hear that. But that's why I kind of relate and go back to there's a place to play for a lot of kids out there. It just might not be that particular place in your particular area, county, city or whatever. But he can still go and have an enjoyable experience and get a degree. And, you know, with all the leagues like the XFL and the USFL and the NFL and the Canadian League now, who knows what could happen? You know, who knows? So.
0: That's the thing. And I think Gerald and I, we talked about this last time as we talked about the recruiting and everybody's got a different path. And as a parent and my son going through the process, he's walking on to a school in the sec because he wanted to play at the highest level. He wants to play and he's banking. He's betting on himself. He said, dad, I, I believe. And I said, Hey, I'll support you. And he's putting the work in. And as a parent, sometimes it's like, that's hard. Like, hey, you turned down some other offers where financially, you know, yeah. it might have been a little bit better set up for you. But, you know, you gotta. Sometimes you gotta bet on yourself. But you gotta yeah. take that advice. And and Gerald, we've talked about this and about about parents and Kiyoshi's experience. This is a relationship business, you know. Ball, I, I see. I see kids getting recruited because there's a connection to the high school coach. And that's why I think Kiyoshi so valuable to these kids and to what we're building at five is one, just because he's been there and he's done that. And your experience as a player, being able a guy that played at a major division one school played at Nebraska, won a ton of games, played in the NFL, played in the XFL. You're now around the game. You know what it takes. You've seen it because you've been with some of the best and just Gerald, do you have any kind of, last parting words of advice and recruiting for kids as, as you're now getting to know some of these more, some of these kids in Colorado and, and around the West Coast?
1: Oh yeah. Uh, I, would, uh, <clears throat> I would hit on your coach being able to be real with you, right? Him being able to tell you, hey, this might not be exactly the step that you want, but it's still going to be the big step forward. It's going to be a huge step forward. You're still going to be able to play ball. You're still going to be able to do everything that you wanted to do. Um, I mean, <laughs> for me, being a 6'3", 315 guy, I, I was a short guy, you know, and everyone was like, I don't know if he's got the height to be able to play in the league and things like that. And and, and it's real, and that's just how it is. And you kind of have to understand that there are hurdles that you can't get over in that, in that sense. Right. But that doesn't mean that you can't um, you can't keep working. You can't uh, you don't need to stop trying to be the best you. Right. You at a 100 percent is still better than a guy that, you know, he might be a couple inches taller, a couple inches bigger. uh, But he's only uh, hidden at 75. A coach wants the 100 guy. He's going to take the 100 guy. He's going to take the guy that he's like, wow, he stays after. He does all the things right whenever it comes to uh, either being on the football field, off the football field with his teammates. He's trying to lead them. He's trying to make not only himself better, but the whole team better. Uh, If you take those pieces, I think that it's going to be able to lead you down the path that you want. It's going to lead you down the path of, I have been able to exhaust all of what I could to be able to get to the highest level that I was able to get to. And after you've done that, then uh, you don't have those regrets that a lot of people do. And I know a lot of guys that, uh, you know, they they even got to the league and they got cut or they, they, um, they were there for a year, year and a half, and they felt like they were 10 times better and they should have been in the league forever. They have those regrets because in the bottom of their heart, they know they're a better player. They know if they would have taken more time and actually uh, studied the game better, they would have gotten a little bit farther. And um, I I, I think you hit it right on the nail with that, uh, Kiyoshi. Yeah, Uh, not everybody's going to be in D1 football. Uh, That's just the name of the game. But there's a place for you on a football team as long as you're willing to work uh, if you're able to be around guys like us uh, that have the connections that we do, if I see a guy that that really wants uh, really wants it, I'm going to give everything I can to to get him to that next level to be able to allow him an opportunity to keep playing.
0: No doubt, I think that's awesome advice, Kiyoshi. You got something to just kind of wrap us up uh, on this third podcast of, and that being said, just something to kind of. A nugget that that uh, this this isn't going to be your last time that you're on this podcast by the way (laughs) not
1: even close hey (laughs) hey, not even close you you two might
0: have to take the reins because I got uh, I got another three weeks uh, a couple weeks of training camp before this thing kicks off but uh, uh, anything that just kind of as you have started to resurface now back in the in the coaching training after having a kind of a 40,000 foot view of what's going on out there with recruiting right now, just for parents and and kids and coaches out there, just to kind of wrap things up in this fourth quarter.
2: You know, honestly, and I think Gerald touched on it and you did too, coach, man. It's just, it's, this thing is turning into about relationships. You know, the game has changed as far as we're recruiting, you know, and I'll honestly, you know, there's coaches that are still reaching out to me all the time, you know, about players and about players. And I tell kids that too at the same time, you know, there's there's opportunity for you out there. But, you know, for a guy to be able to put their stamp on you, you know, you got to be able to bring something to the table. And that's something to the table that's not just on Friday night or like on Saturday night and so on. Like I think Gerald hit it on the nose like man, they want those dudes that's going to work. And, you know, and so it's so cutthroat right now as far as recruiting. And then when you get to that place, you know, and a majority, a lot of the kids are going to get there. And when you get there, now you got like what Gerald said, you got to stay there and so on. And if you don't stay there, and that's why, you know, I think all, all honestly, the portal is so overloaded right now because. And this is just my philosophy. And I know I'm kind of going a little different place, but you know what I'm saying? A lot of these kids are not ready, not just athletically you know what i'm saying and they're used to being that guy so now when they're getting there they're seeing everybody's good but they're not ready mentally at the same time prepared for that level two and so on and that's something that kind of has to start a lot earlier than you know the december or the february signing date and so on so you know it's we look forward to kind of getting this going on out here in socal and man, building it from the ground up and i think you know not just even on the field, the stuff that we're bringing to them on the field, you know, just with the the skill development is huge. But I just think, you know, some of the off the field stuff, too, that we can bring to the table to help some of these parents out and some of the kids out is huge as well.
0: Well, and with that being said, I think that's a great point. It's not just about uh, what you do on the field. It's about uh, the total package because coaches need to be able to trust you and they want great players but they want consistency. And that's the thing that we want to build within um, just within our five is one family. We want to build consistency for our players, uh, for the parents. We want to be here. We want to be a source of support for you all. And uh it's great to be able to talk ball. Kiyoshi, welcome to the yeah. family.
2: Man, I appreciate it. Glad to be a part of this right here. I can we're, tell we're gonna have some fun. Hey, and we're gonna have starting, a whole lot of fun. Yes, we're sir. Starting, yes, sir. We're
0: starting, we're starting to build this staff. We're starting to build and expand. There's a lot of interest just across the across the country. And uh we appreciate everybody tuning in. Please get on the uh get on all the social sites, get on five is Uh there's plenty of gear. Uh, available. I know it's getting a little bit chilly. So if you don't have a beanie, uh, th- it's time to get on board and, and uh, we'll get some of the gear. There's some new stuff coming out uh, very soon. Uh, but please follow along, like and subscribe to the uh, to the YouTube uh, podcast. Uh, uh, please spread the word. I think we've got something special and it's all about the people and uh, and about really learning from this game and, and expanding and growing and using football to help open doors because there's no greater game than the game of football. And when five guys act as one, there's no greater force. So with that being said, appreciate you.
1: Appreciate you. Thank you.